So we're starting off in Daniel chapter 10 tonight. Um, again, I'll preface that I am no um, prophecy or end times buff. I am. Not, I just don't have the, the uh, Lord didn't bless me with that wisdom. So uh, y'all get the second best one that one that likes to would like to know. So, um, so you guys have any questions or comments? Uh, just speak up. Uh, we'll probably read around a little bit. I figure we'll probably at most we'll make it through chapter 10 tonight. Um, so I figure we've got about a week or two more left in Daniel. So Daniel chapter 10, there's about 21 verses. Uh, what do we say we start with? If y'all feel like reading, uh, read about five verses a piece and read around whoever's comfortable reading. Um, Brother Tony, you want to start us off? In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all until three full weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and the twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hydical. Then I lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded up with fine gold of Ephaz. Okay. Joe, do you want to read? Six through ten? His body also was like the burrow, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like unto color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were there with me saw no vision. But a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw the vision. And there remaineth no strength in me, for my coming was turned in me to corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his word, and when I heard the voice of his word, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. <clears throat> I'll read 11 through 15. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and, I, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sin. And when he had spoken the word unto me, I stood trembling. And then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me and me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days? And for yet the vision is for many days. 
And when he spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dame, uh, dumb. Mix the two words together there. So we'll stop there for just, just a few moments, and we'll go through these first 15 verses. So Brother, Brother Tony's verses there, this first five verses, kind of gives us a context of what time it was. It says it was, of course, the third year of King Cyrus. And if I remember correctly, I think it was Cyrus. Uh, uh, Cyrus was one of the great uh, one of the great kings of the Persians. Let's see here. Uh, just some context that um, I'll give you is that Cyrus was the king of Persia, uh, who ruled somewhere between. 539 to 530 BC. So he didn't reign very long, it seems, about nine years. He is also called um, Cyrus II or Cyrus the Elder. He is uh, he was called the pagan king. Um, of course, he was important uh, because he allowed the return of the children of Israel after seven years of captivity. So see, we're getting close to the end of where they leave captivity uh, in the Medo-Persian Empire there. Um, so just to establish that context, so we're in, in the third year. So he reigned nine years. So we have he has six more years from here to go. So <clears throat> here we see that, of course, he established the time that it was his third year of his reign and says it revealed under, under Daniel, whose called, name was called Belshazzar, um, of course, we see that Daniel had, from the previous chapter, he had, he had mourned three weeks because of the visions and the things that he had saw and his mourning the captivity that they were experiencing. Uh, so <clears throat> he said he ate, he, during this time that he mourned, he ate nothing pleasant. I don't know if, about y'all, but I've never been so sad to the point where I've never eaten anything. You know, maybe for a few hours I've I've foregone food, but I can't forego. I most like most people. I don't forego food very long, unless I'm really ill. You know, that's the only time I've I've, I've ever went without food for a period of time, maybe twenty four hours, forty eight hours at most. So, you know, three weeks. He says he didn't eat anything pleasant. So, he says I didn't eat anything pleasant. There was no. No flesh, no wine. Uh, he says, until the time was fulfilled. So he was very, very distraught for the condition that, that they were in because of the iniquities of the children of Israel. And it says, the twenty, uh, the four and twentieth day of the first month. So... I think their months were a little bit longer than ours, if my understanding served me correct. But uh, he says, as as I was by the side of the great river Hydekel, which is, um, I did look that up, and it's the Tigris. So, the, I wished I had a map on me, but actually I do. Iraq. So you're looking, I was thinking that 
the, uh, yeah, here we go. So you have the, the, the one we commonly know that I've commonly heard of most of was the Euphrates, which is kind of runs through, um, kind of, you know, the Fertile Crescent runs in between the two rivers, which runs through the middle of modern day Iraq. Um, and if you think about what he, what city do you say he was in? Uh, How to kill, how to kill. So we know he was at least by the, the Tigris there. And that's the very, very edge of the, of, of what we would consider, you know, Iraq, Iran, in those areas. So think about the, the topography and the landscape there. That's probably the most fertile piece of the Middle East. Um, and where most of their agriculture uh, was seeded. So, Again, they're in they're in a place in a place of of at least it would seem to be a place that's fertile, and uh, he's been separated for this three weeks this morning, and he says there were people there. He says, "Let me see here." <clears throat> it says, "Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a, cur- a, cer- a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphrates." He goes on to describe the likeness of this man, and. He says the presence like beryl, which is a fine a fine stone. Um, I have another note on that past, uh, for the twentieth yeah. first month. And this is notes that my aunt wrote for <laughs> Yeah. And she says that the fourth and the twentieth month was the Passover time around the Passover time. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean I, that's just her note. You know, I don't know. Well, if you think about it, the month of Nisan, which which we kind of covered, I think was it Wednesday night, Wednesday night before last, was it's around mid March to mid April, which is coincides, like you said, with with our Passover, with our, the time of Passover and Easter. So that's a pretty interesting. There's yeah, there's no sense. I'm like, I don't blame you. <laughs> um, the stone bar- uh, barrel looks let's see if I can find a picture of it here. It has somewhat difference of appearance and I'll and I'll kind of show. Um some of the barrel that it mentions has kind of a jade color and the uh, some of it has like a lighter teal color and then some has almost like a um the only thing I can equate it to is like the cor- um that pink Himalayan salt color that's the quartz the quartz color. So it has a pinkish color to it. Some of it has a, has a an emerald green or a teal green. It says some can hold colors of blue, yellow, or pink. So there may have been one that was particular, you know, akin to that particular region. But he says his eyes appeared as beryl, and his face appeared with the appearance of lightning. When I think of lightning, I think of its bright, you know, its, its brightness of lightning. <clears throat> and it says his eyes were as lamps of fire. His body was a barrel, I'm sorry. So his eyes were as lamps of fire. So he, he this, this messenger here that was coming to speak with him, he says, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the man, oh, excuse me, not speaking messenger, but the person speaking with him that came in this vision manifested himself 
and it says, I was alone. These men who were with me saw not a vision, but they heard a great, great quaking and they fled. So they didn't see anything, but yet the, the earth quaked and they took off and left Angel there alone. So what does that what does that tell you? It seems like seems to me like the Lord wanted him to be separated from the rest of him and be alone there. And I know I've heard I've heard some other other input on this particular passage of scripture. And it seems to indicate that some say it was just it was just a vision of a man and others some say it was a vision of of like like Jesus. You know, we have some explanation in scripture. Um, let me see if I can find it. I think it's Revelations. Yeah, Revelation, I think it's chapter one. And we'll start in, I'll flip over there and we'll read chapter one and start starting in verse 12. It says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me and be, being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the son of man clothed with a garment down to his foot and gird about the paps with a golden girdle and his head and his hairs were of white like wool as white as snow and his eyes were as flames of uh, fire and his feet were likened to brass as if they had burned in a furnace and his voice was as the sound of many waters and he had his, in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell, at, I fell at my feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me and said, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which, thou, which are, and the things which are, shall be hereafter. And the mystery of the seven stars which I saw in the right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So here this is one of the... This is a description almost like what we read over in Daniel. So, could very well be Christ. We know that, of course, as we read in chapter 9 over there, that it seemed very indicative of the Messiah. So, he goes on there in those latter verses. Verse 8 there, it says, Therefore I was left alone and saw the great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned into me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Same thing over there in Revelations. He retained no strength. He fell down as he, he said, I fell down as I was dead. I think about um, the account of Moses over at the burning bush, um, how he caused himself to pass his back to pass. And the and the and the burning bush and what happened to Moses there. His brilliance. If he'd have been turned around facing him, he'd have killed him because he couldn't behold his glory. But yet, just to see his back, it changed the countenance of his face. So, something significant about being in the presence of God 
and being in the presence of, of his son. Let's see here. Um... Uh, One other place I want to turn. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. We'll read there the first couple verses in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1. I'll give you all a minute to turn over there. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, uh, as it began the dawn towards the first day of the week, that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary was to, um, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone, from which the door uh, sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified, and he is not here, for he is risen and is said, as he has said, and come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him, I have told you. So again, even though it's a, a, it's a messenger there, he still has the countenance of, of lightning. I think it's just a variation of the text there, like, like the sun, burned very brightly. But I think about the brilliance of lightning flashing. It's blinding almost. Um, I took it for granted in Arkansas because I didn't like looking at it, but... Out here, when you don't have lightning very much, when it when it, when it comes a, a storm and you have lightning, it's bright, it's blinding. So the appearance, you get the you get the point there. And those reading those couple of accounts there of just the countenance there of of the Lord and and His messengers, especially too. Any questions to what we read so far? Any comments? She has a lot to say. <laughs> it says, uh, we'll read there uh, down a little further. It says, yet heard I the voice of the word. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was deeply, I was, uh, he says, I took a deep sleep, fell on my face toward the ground, just like again, like we read over in Revelations. And he says, and behold, a hand touched me and set me upon my feet, upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he says, what did he say to him? Daniel, man greatly beloved. So it wasn't just a, you know, wasn't just a vision. This man, this this person gave him strength back. This being touched him. Again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's it was the Lord giving him the strength there. The Lord God. He says, uh, understand this and speak. Stand up, right? <laughs> For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken the words unto me, I stood trembling. So he, he says, all right, let's get you back up on your feet. And I, I don't know, I think about trembling. I think, you know, think of something 
closest thing I can associate with is when your sugar either drops or spikes. Or drops, typically. You know how you get that shaky feeling? It feels like you're trembling. That's what I equate it to. When I hear tr the word trembling, I think of, your, you just feel your, this whole, your whole body just shake. Um, it's not something that you really like to feel, is it? <laughs> and then he goes on to address him. He says, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So, again, he, he comforts him as he sets him up, and he says, you, you've sought me from the first day that you had understanding. You've, you've sought after me. It says, uh, he goes on there, and he says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remain near the king, with the kings of the of Persia. One thing I wanted to do real quick is also look at some of the translation of these words are not translated from the original language to what they are currently in these translations. Some are are, are very and they lose their context. So I always think it's a good idea for you to look at the Greek. Um, or, or the Hebrew, whichever is applicable there. Um, it's good to help you understand the original context of the scripture there because sometimes things are lost in translation. Let's see here. In verse 12. <clears throat> help if I was in the right chapter. That word prince there uh, translates to head person, captain, uh, chief, general, governor, keeper, lord, master, prince, or ruler, or steward. But if you see, if you look over these, the names are similar. You see Michael. Um, we see Gabriel. Let's see where else. Who else? There was some, uh, another name mentioned previously, but you see that this this is mentioned. Particularly, these two, Michael and Gabriel, are mentioned. And he says, "And the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days." That one and twenty days, if I'm not mistaken, is a hundred and twenty. I understand it to be 120 days. He says, One of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So, I, I will I will say this, and I'm open for discussion on this, but what just from what I understand, and studying with some other brothers in the past, that this, this seems to indicate that there was more than just physical flesh warfare going on. There was some spiritual warfare going on as well. These princes were not your your average everyday princes, but it says I was there with with the princes of Persia. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, 
he's so fighting, he's fighting within the, the satanic realm. That's right. They're they're fighting against the powers of darkness there. Um, I, I believe that that much is very very spot on, brother Tony. Um, we uh, we understand that there's more to this physical what we what you and I see. There's more to that than than meets the eye, right? Um, you see that today that people think, oh, do, do they truly exist to demons? Stay seated. So, I made her sad. <laughs> so, you see here that the, you have this, this conflict and you see that the powers of darkness versus uh, powers of, uh, of, of light, power of God, are warring here. Of course, we know he uses the princes of Persia, the Medes. Um, he uses um, the Grecians. He uses the word Grecia down there, which is Greek, which is the Greeks. He says there, now I have come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So he says he withstand these, 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 these evil princes there. But then he goes on to say, hey, some of this stuff is not fulfilled yet. You're, you're gonna, this, will, this will be fulfilled at a later time. He says, and when he had spoken such a word, I set my face toward the ground and I became dumb. I imagine the scene there was was pretty great to behold. I mean, especially with what he was talking to. Daniel said he was just dumb. He was in, like he was in awe. So then we'll we'll continue on down uh, verses sixteen through twenty one. Um, Tony, you want to read uh, sixteen and seventeen? And behold, one of the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips, and I opened my mouth. And spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have reached, retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remain no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Okay. So then again he says here, he goes, you know, how can how can I talk with you? <laughs> He says, "I I can't I can't handle your presence. Basically, I'm I, I can't speak. I can't I can't even stand up. I have no strength. So I, don't, I ought to give us the the understanding of how of how humbling it is to be in the presence of 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 the Lord." Joe, do you want to read uh, verses eighteen and nineteen? Then there came again. Then there came again. So then again, after this, after he says, I, I have no strength, how can I speak? He comes in again and he this man, he, comes in, he, he strengthens him. He sets him up. It says, in the appearance of a man, 
And then he, he comforts him. That's that's the that's the, the wonderful thing that we have with the Lord is despite the things that we see and the things that we cannot comprehend uh, and the struggles we have, the Lord provides the strength that we need. Um, it's no different here in the account of Daniel. He goes on to say, he says, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak. He says, you've given me strength. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> you tell me what you, you, what you need to say. He says, then thou knowest wherefore I come unto thee and now I will return to fight the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the princes of Gracious shall come. So he says, okay, I've given you strength. Now it's time for me to go back and withstand these other, these other forces with the prince of Persia. Uh, one of the studies we had previously, and this was a number of years ago, um, Brother Gary Smith and I think some of the other brothers there, they seemed to in, uh, understand that that was, um, that that prince of Persia was actually Satan. <laughs> That's what I understood, which is along the lines of what Brother Bird said. Um, of course, I know Brother Gary and Brother Bird and all them, they all got together and, and, and studied a lot too. Um, so I, I have no doubt in this, um, but it it's, just shows you that and demonstrates what what's going on here. The powers of the powers of darkness and the powers of of God struggling against one another. Of course, we know that Satan and his pride is lifted up against against the Lord's people and against the world and what he wants to have power over. After all, the Scripture does call, call him what the power of the prince. Prince of Power of the Airs, is that what it was in darkness? So, it's no small struggle here. We know that, um, at least through me studying history, I I particularly enjoyed reading in world history these these account the historical, you know, outlines of these particular accounts because you don't see these these kingdoms these empires stay in power very long. They're very successive and very quick in terms of, uh, in terms of power. Uh, you don't you don't see very many long-lasting empires to last more than a couple hundred years. Uh, so the fact that that these things are going in such quick succession here uh, ought to make you think about the powers, the power, the struggle, of the powers of being. And he says there after he returns, he says, and when I'm gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha will come, uh, shall come. Well, we know that after the Mede and Persian Empire, what happened? The, the, Greek, the Greek kingdoms arose and they, and they conquested and uh, Alexander the Great, uh, uh, what was it, Philip? Philip the Great and then Alexander the Great, which was father and son. And they reigned over the kingdom and they, their kingdom stretched from Greece, all across uh, modern-day Turkey, down the Mediterranean coast, down into Egypt, and over as far as Persia. And um, you've ever uh, listened to the account of Alexander the Great? He went as far as India before he was he was injured in battle. So, considering the the turmoil of that time and the quick and the overthrow and the and the empires that raised. It doesn't doesn't surprise you at all that you read the account back over there uh, of the statue that he 
uh, the vision of the statue that he accounted for in those earlier chapters we read. Talking about the change of the empires and what would happen. So then the 21st verse, and then we'll have concluded chapter 10 here. He says, but I will show thee what is, which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael your prince. So he mentions Michael as his, as his prince. Well, it said when we read the, 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 he, uh, the Hebrew word for that word, it was sar. It meant, basically, it was like a protector, a leader, a, you know, a general. And what is, what is Michael typically depicted as? Uh, and, and, and as most of the world knows him, he's an angel that fights for the Lord, doesn't he? He said he over in the scripture, he talks about him withstanding Satan. But he did what? He didn't pronounce any railing accusations against Satan, but he, <laughs> he fought with him. He withstood him. So we have the account here of this vision and this appearance of the Lord here to talk to him and, and, to, and the appearance there of a messenger to strengthen him. So you see here that the Lord does many magnificent things. Some things it's too great for us to comprehend. Um, that's my feelings on prophecy. It's just, it's, these things are great to behold and, and to read, but some of them are so rich with with meaning and it's hard to understand. That's why we ask the Lord to give us the understanding. Uh, and I would encourage you too to take the time to read this and study it for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but uh, certainly has been a, a pretty fulfilling study that we've done here in Daniel, at least on my part, it seems to have been. I hope you guys have been encouraged by it as well. Any questions or comments before we quit for the evening? Thanks for your comments and for reading. I appreciate it. It certainly certainly adds to adds to the discussion as well. So thank you for your your addition to that. Good evening, everyone. Um, <clears throat> I hope that everyone's having a um, a good week and that uh, everything's going well. Um, wanted to uh, express thanks for some prayers this week. Um, I, I know some updates regarding some of our prayer requests. Um, this sister um, Melody Casares has uh, got some news on her breast cancer, so let's continue to remember her. Um, my sister Judy Byers. Um, and her cancer treatment, uh, and Sister Paula Dovers, um, and her um, battle with COVID. She's still in the hospital, and um, continue to remember them. Um, uh, of course, continue to remember each other and our uh, daily walk, um, and pray for opportunities for us to, to speak with others and show them the goodness uh, of the Lord as well as um, encouraging one another in our service and, and uh, fellowshipping. Uh, 
remember those that uh, are, are in need of prayer, especially for this. Um, this evening, just a, sh- a, a, a few short words. Um, uh, look at... Uh, Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Just a few short verses there. Um, Verses 23 through 34 is what we'll read. It says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This is the cup is the news, uh, the new covenant in which my blood, in my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall he be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so to let him eat um, of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks and uh, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, among you, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we ju- are judged. We are disciplined by the Lord in order that we might not, may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that they might not come together for judgment. And remaining matters, I shall arrange when I come. So here we have the Apostle Paul um, speaking to the church at Corinth. Um, of course, in the earlier part of the verse, he's talking about the way we are to, you know, the order of assembly and uh, uh, men and women, thing, you know, things such as that, um, uh, dress and, and regarding our hair and things like that. So he goes on here, but he, he prefaces that and he goes on, moves on to the matters of the church. Um, <clears throat> and he addresses particularly this end part of the, of the chapter here, uh, the Lord's Supper. Um, we know this is uh, uh, according to what we've read in accordance with with the the, the traditional uh, followings of the Passover that it was to be a solemn uh, gathering, um, a serious uh, gathering because it's one of of uh, introspection and looking at, at, at oneself and, and looking at, at, at the body as a whole. Um, and most importantly, uh, reconciling uh, our, our lives um, with the Lord. Uh, he goes on there, and, and particularly there in uh, uh, verses uh, 31, uh, 28 and 30 through 31, he says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and in, in, in a number of sleep. But if you judge yourselves rightly, then should we should not be judged. And he goes on about we, when when you when you judge rightly. We're disciplined of the Lord. 
so that we would not be condemned along with the world. So again, this is remembering the, uh, the Lord's sacrifice and that it was his body and his blood that was that was the sacrifice that we might be able to partake of uh, of serving the Lord um, and that we might have an atonement uh, for sins. Uh, again, this is not a righteousness derived of ourselves, but of the Lord. So in our service to the Lord, being put in, into subjection and serving the Lord, uh, what is what is it that we're to do? Well, uh, the scripture is pretty plain on this, that he says there, you observe this and judge your body rightly. Um, the <clears throat> word there, body, is um, in the Greek here. We'll cover that real quick. Uh, the word soma and it's the body uh, used in it's of course it's used widely of a of a body or a, of a slave um, particularly uh, spoken of 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 says any material body um, whether that be what makes up, you know, the body of Christ in, in this particular meaning, you know, living, uh, being there. It says there, for he who eats and drinks, drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. So when we come together to, to observe the Lord's Supper, uh, this is not something to be done without uh, careful consideration, careful uh, review of 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 our standing with the Lord. Earlier there, he was talking about some of them. There he says, uh, verse twenty says, therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's supper. For in eating such, uh, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What do you have in houses in which you eat and drink, or do you not dis- do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? And I shall say to you, shall I praise you? And this I will not praise you. So they were um, incorrectly observing the Lord's Supper and, and, and eating the feast. He says one would get would get full and the other one would get drunk. And that this was not the purpose. Um, so when we come together as the Lord's people, it's not a party, um, uh, particularly in this particular observance. It's, it is examining ourselves before the Lord to see, um, according to the Scripture, according to accounts, if we're... Um, rightly judging, rightly discerning uh, if we um, are living a life after the pattern and example of Christ for whom died for us. Um, And again, uh, this is not uh, something it appears uh, that that everyone is to observe. It is for those members of the individual body that observe this. Um, It seems to indicate that it was not observed in, in in mass, um, particularly uh, this particular account here was regarding the church at Corinth. So uh, I would urge you to consider and read these things. Uh, we don't have time to cover 
uh, every bit and parcel, uh, but it seems to indicate that this was observed by the local the local assembly uh, and not in uh, mass just open to the general public. Uh, of course, that would be contradictory to to what uh, Christ's teachings were, and, and even indicative in the Old Testament, uh, as we see in the accounts of the assemblies that the the, the nation of Israel observed. Uh, the Passover, in particular, was a solemn assembly observed by the Jewish people. They removed all the leaven from their homes. Uh, it was uh, to to um, uh, remember the the sparing of their firstborn uh, when the angel of death passed through the last plague there in the nation of Egypt, and they're preparing to make flight uh, from Egypt to uh, go back to the promised land that the Lord had promised to give them. And, uh, where he'd established them as his people. So uh, don't think that this uh, that this uh, Lord's Supper was any different there. It was a, still a solemn assembly to be observed carefully and uh, in, in full assurance of our faith. Um, thinking about it that night when they observed the, uh, the night that Jesus was arrested, they gathered together, uh, as we've read previously, uh, Luke chapter uh, 22, verse 1. It says, Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking out how they might put him to death, for they were afraid of the people. <clears throat> Let's skip down here. Um, verse 7, it says, Then came the first day of unleavened bread, of which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And he said to Peter, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. And they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, Behold, when you enter the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water, follow him to the house that he enters. And you shall say to the owner of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room, that we may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he, and he, and he will show you a large furnished upper room, and prepare it there. And he departed and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared to Passover. It goes on there, it says, And when the hour had come, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat of this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say that I shall never eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it amongst yourselves, uh, for I share it. I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. And he said, taken some bread and given thanks, and he broke it and gave it unto them, and saying, This is my body, with which it is given to, uh, for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, I, and in the same way, he took the cup, and they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of the one betraying me is with me on the table. For indeed the Son of Man has come, is going is going as it has been determined, but woe unto the man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to discuss this amongst themselves of which one might be the one going to do this thing. So again, uh it was only it was only observed by those that were with with Jesus, of course, we know it was the Passover, um, but to me, it seems to be very indicative in my in our study of the Scripture that this was a an exclusive event 
that was only to be observed by the Lord's people, partaken of by the Lord's people. Um, <clears throat> and if I'm not mistaken, uh, without without even looking any further, um, I believe that those that um, were around about them were uh, to be observing it solemnly around them. I, I don't have the the proof to back that up, and uh, but it seems it seems to indicate. Uh, so, um, I would encourage you all to take a look at this, but, um, uh, I know that typically the, 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 the way the world observed these things is, uh, um, the time of, of the year draws near where we, uh, remember, uh, the, the death of our Lord and Savior, um, is, is an, it's it's still an important time and a, an important thing for us to consider and think on um, continually, not just once a year. Um, but um, I would caution us to be careful in our observe and our observing the Lord's Supper and how we handle these things. Um, it's just some things that have have been on my heart and on my mind, and uh, that that as an assembly and as a people that we observe this. Um, with with some introspection and some consideration for what the Lord would have us to do as his people and as his children. That's that's no exception. Uh so again it's it's um a, a solemn assembly. It's one that requires uh uh spiritual um and uh, preparation, physical preparation. Um anytime we, we get together to observe this it's uh um, it's an important event, um, something that we are uh, to teach our households about, our, our children, um, and those that don't know about it. Um, that's our 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 duty uh, is to explain to those who who have interest in serving the Lord, explain to them just how uh, significant um, our service to God is and what He demands of our service, uh, so that we can set ourselves apart um, and. And remember his sacrifice, and remember what it is that that he calls us to do as his people, and and reconcile um, our lives with what the scripture teaches. Um, hope this is a blessing to you all. And uh, again, if you ever have any questions or comments, I'm always free to do that. If I have something that you have a concern or question, I'm always free to uh, to look at this with you. Um, and I would encourage you to study this, study the Word of God, and and and, and look at it and. Uh, as always, uh, encourage one another and strengthen one another uh, in the word. Thank you for your time and attention and uh, pray that you all have a, a blessed rest of the day and uh, a good week.